Like the time I pointed out the gender gap in the Forbes list for online creators. You know, the digital space had always been a place that I thought was without gatekeepers, and here it was looking just like old Hollywood. So odds are, when you saw either the title or the thumbnail of this video, you probably thought to yourself, oh yeah, Lily Singh, whatever happened to her? Because for a time, she used to get quite a bit of attention as a YouTuber and then eventually the first ever bisexual woman of color late night show host. I mean, when the first season of that show launched, the mainstream media in Hollywood, they were all over Lily Singh. Lily Singh was like the best thing since sliced bread. They just could not stop promoting her show a little late with Lily Singh. But despite all of that backing, all of that support, all of that free publicity, it turns out that audiences, viewers, did not actually think the show was that great. And in fact, at the time, uh, when A Little Late with Lily Singh was debuting, I did do a video about it, which I recommend you go watch if you haven't already. But despite the general consensus among just people uh, with eyes and the ability to hear that it was not that good a show, A Little Late with Lily Singh did end up getting renewed for a second season. However, when the second season premiered, things were a little bit different. It didn't get nearly as much of the attention or adoration from Hollywood, from the mainstream media that the first season got. And that's because I think even the activist shills in the entertainment industry, they saw what Lily was putting out and they were like, okay guys, there's no way we can just astroturf this show into popularity like we tried, but it's so bad. I mean, there's only so much ideological brainwashing we could do, right? So predictably, the second season of A Little Late with Lily Singh ended up being the last. And for me, at least, the cancellation of that show, that was the last I had heard of Lily Singh in quite a while. That is, however, until I saw that people started responding to her TED Talk. That's right, Lily Singh of all people has now given a TED Talk. A TED Talk on what, you might be asking, because I mean, even though I'm not a fan of Lily Singh, you can't deny that the woman is successful. She built a huge YouTube following from the ground up. She is someone who for quite a while was writing, producing, and I think even editing her own content. So what would Lily Singh decide to do a TED Talk about? Is it about how to connect with your audience, uh, how to navigate comedy in the current era, how to build an online social media brand. No, no, actually all of those possibilities would have been uh, perhaps too interesting and useful. Instead, Lily Singh decided to give a TED talk on why her show failed because everyone is sexist and biphobic and also racist, forgot to mention racist. I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. This TED talk is essentially 15 minutes of Lily Singh blaming everybody but herself for the failure of A Little Late with Lily Singh. So let's check it out. So Lily starts off her TED talk by describing an actual real instance of sexism that she faced being the daughter of Indian immigrants. So when I was born on September 26, 1988, my grandparents and great-grandparents back in India didn't find out for two weeks, which is a shame because, I mean, look how perfect I was. <laughs> and it's not because the phone lines were down or because they weren't available. It's because there was a complication with my birth. And that complication was being assigned female at birth. You see, because my mom had been told that if she gave birth to a daughter, it wasn't worth phoning home about. The term sexism gets thrown around a lot nowadays, especially in the Western world, but I'm not gonna deny that sexism in the world does exist. And obviously not even caring that your granddaughter is born because she's a girl, that definitely counts as sexism. And it just, it's hard to hear that Lily had to go through that because, you know, no daughter or person should feel like they are less than or not wanted or unloved just because of their gender. However, in her TED talk, Lily also describes the fact that because she was so successful, 
successful. Eventually, her grandfather, who previously was not interested in her because she was a girl, he would eventually come to respect her and even change his mind about women, maybe as a whole, because of what she had accomplished. Walked up to him, you walked up to me, you looked me right in the eyes, and you raised his hand and decorated me with a flower garland, a gesture fit for people of importance. He then proceeded to welcome me into his home, my mom by my side, and proceeded to show me all the newspaper clippings he had saved with my name and face on them. He said the words, he was wrong, words I had never heard a man say before to me. He said that I had done what no one else could have done and I had named made the family name proud. Now this is actually a moving and touching story that Lily delivers here. And for a second here, I thought this TED talk would be going in a completely different direction. I thought maybe Lily would talk about how she is so thankful to have her platform because she is able to make that kind of change on a personal level, how she's able to help people see that, yeah, women can also be funny and successful and so can brown people, Indians, as well as bisexuals, which she loves to remind us all that she is, she is one of them. Or maybe I thought that this TED talk was gonna be all about how we are so fortunate today that at least, again, in countries like Canada, the US and the UK, we by and large don't face that level of discrimination like you might in somewhere like India. But instead, no, it seems like Lily included that little anecdote because she believes that essentially everybody is as sexist as her Indian grandfather. For instance, another example of sexism that she brings up, people not wanting to hear her complain about how there aren't more women on Forbes' most successful YouTubers list. Truly the metric by which most people would measure gender equality. Like the time I pointed out the gender gap in the Forbes list for online creators, a list I'd previously been on. I remember wanting to start a critical conversation because I saw this article and I was heartbroken. You know, the digital space had always been a place that I thought was without gatekeepers, and here it was looking just like old Hollywood. You could tell here that the only real reason Lily considers for why there aren't more women on this Forbes list is sexism. It doesn't cross her mind at all. It seems that perhaps women just aren't as funny as men. They aren't producing the type of content that people by and large like to watch. When maybe are gravitating toward different fields, women maybe aren't putting in as many hours as is required to become successful online, or at least not as many as men do. Like, no, obviously this is a systemic discrimination problem and we all need to be lectured by Lily Singh about it. And then predictably, uh, when it turns out that people online weren't that interested in being lectured by a millionaire, Lily of course uses that as just further proof that sex is everywhere. Well, let me tell you, the internet was not interested. I don't know how it's possible, but it literally felt as if Twitter leaped through my screen and body slammed me onto my desk. Now, the message was clear. You can be on this list, but don't try to start any conversations about the inequality on this list. Lily, that doesn't make any sense. You are a bisexual woman of color. If they are saying you can be on this list, problem solved, then that is equality. I mean, just the entitlement you would have to have to think that you can dictate who else is on that list or to believe that you should not only be able to complain about that list to your millions of followers, but also have people praise you for it. Like, no, you're a millionaire, but you don't get to decide who else is also a millionaire. And simultaneously, you can voice your criticisms of the system, but don't expect everyone else to disagree with you especially when your criticisms are basically calling them bigots. That at least is my takeaway from that little story. But according to Lily, and this is a running theme throughout this TED talk, no, it's not her own attitude that needs to change. It's simply all of culture that needs to change. I quickly learned that there's an invisible gatekeeper called culture and the table is smack dab 
in the middle of it. And by the way, when she says table there, she's referring to the concept of having a seat at the table. That's like the metaphor she's chosen to run with. I'm just saying metaphorical chairs and tables come up a lot in this talk. But that brings us to Lily finally discussing her own show a little late with Lily Singh. And what you'll notice uh, in this TED talk about sexism and racism is that this brown woman seems to have a lot of accomplishments uh, in a world that is supposedly so sexist and racist. I mean, she was just talking in the beginning of the video about how she had her own world tour that brought her to India to visit her grandfather. She also mentioned how she was at one point on Forbes top earners list. Now she's talking about her own late night show. Like Lily, if you were going to choose a life story to discuss the effects of discrimination against women of color, your own life story, it's probably not the safest bet. In 2019, I made history with my late night show, A Little Late with Lily Singh. Thank you, thank you. There I was, Lily, the baby born a brown girl, rubbing elbows, or at least time slots, with comedy royalty. And I gotta give a huge shout out to NBC, for boldly trying to break late night tradition. And then Lily brings up the fact that there are a lot of people in the industry, a lot of articles talking about how she was a bisexual woman of color, as if she herself wasn't the main person pushing that talking point. I remember when this show came out, I remember all the articles because they looked practically identical. Bisexual woman of color gets late night show. I almost legally changed my name to bisexual woman of color because that's what people called me so often. Lily, in your first season alone, in your first two episodes alone, you dedicated several segments to the fact that you were so proudly a bisexual woman of color. If you wanna be my lover, I put me in LGBT, I'll take Sansa and her brother. But anyway, next Lily moves on from talking about how people were too excited about how she's a bisexual woman of color to talking about how they didn't give her enough money for being a bisexual woman of color. Now, unfortunately, the budget wasn't based on the importance or significance or historic nature of the show. It was based on the 1.30 a.m. time slot that we had. So. To say the budget was small, the writing staff even smaller, and to do the first season, I had to shoot 96 episodes of late night television in three months. Now, I've never run a late night show before, but I can imagine that that would be a really grueling schedule. However, if those are the working conditions of being a late night host and that's just the job, then I feel like the right person for the job, instead of just complaining about it, would try their best to succeed. And as someone who's also in a relatively entertainment industry oriented job, um, let me tell you the idea of paying your dues and having to do a job in less than ideal circumstances, um, that's pretty common. I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I'm in a position now where I do get to do things like go on Pierce Morgan's show or, you know, Eric Bowling's show, Newsmax primetime, which is so awesome. But when I first started doing this, that was not the case. I mean, I had the 4 a.m. wake up calls to do the 5.30 a.m. news hit. And that's not glamorous, that's not a prize spot, but guess what? That's what you gotta do to prove yourself, to break in. I feel like if Lily had been able to hack it in the 1.30 a.m. time slot budget and production schedule, then it likely would have led to even bigger and better things, but she wasn't able to do that, which you know what, fair enough. I'm sure most of us wouldn't be able to either. It doesn't sound like an easy job. It's like, Lily, your inability to do the job or do it well does not mean that the world is sexist. It is possible. And I know this may be hard for someone like Lily who thinks very highly of herself to understand, but it is possible that you simply were not a good fit for that job. You are not the best person to host that show. And I know it's easier to call everyone sexist and racist than it is to accept that you maybe have shortcomings, but you're probably gonna go further if you accept you can't do everything. It's a lot easier than just 
trying to change everyone's preferences so that they fit you perfectly. That's basically all I have to say for now though. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.